Netrodyne didn't invent fleet safety, but they revolutionized it. Netrodyne uses the proven power of positive reinforcement to create safer drivers and reduce driver turnover. Welcome to the Green Zone. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm Wendy Bartz, Director of Sales and Services for Driver Reach. In Jerby's absence this week, I'm excited to be your guest host. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, and retention. Your feedback is very important to us. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I am honored beyond words to be chatting today with a great friend who I've known for many years, Josh Mecca. Director of Recruiting at American Central Transport, or like I like to say, ACT, because it's just easier. Over the years, Josh and I have spent hours talking about driver marketing, recruiting, safety, and retention challenges we face in the industry. I'm excited to go live with one of those amazing conversations to share our knowledge with our networks. Great to see you, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Wendy. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. Uh, Today's conversation, Josh, we're going to touch on your background, what got you into the industry. We're going to talk a little bit about ACT and how you're dealing with the driver shortage and the challenges that were faced in the industry. And then the past 18 months have really shifted the landscape for the carriers. Uh, So let's talk about, we'll talk a little bit driver hiring and retention along those lines. And of course, we'll take a question submitted by a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that all sound good to you, Josh? Oh, that works. Looking forward to this. Perfect. Great. Let's just dive right into your background. And I'm really hoping I get to learn something new about you today, too. Um, But (laughs) what in generally got you into trucking? Uh, Tell me about how did you land in the world of driver recruiting? You know, that's it's actually (laughs) kind of a fun story. I don't I don't know that anybody ever wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to be a recruiter today. I, I don't, I don't think that happens, but so, so what, what happened to me um, is I had graduated college. I had a, a wonderful internship with the department of justice, loved kind of the legal world, but somewhere after that, I, I decided to work at a law firm um, in South Carolina and somewhere in there, I realized that that's just not going to be the career trajectory for me. And um I grew up in a, a transportation uh, uh, family. My dad worked on the railroad. My grandpa worked on the railroad. My great-grandpa worked on the railroad. Um, and I'm sure we had horses and buggies in there somewhere too. But um, I, I decided to get out of, out of the legal world. And I had a mind for contracts and kind of that language. And so I answered an, an ad um, to get into rating and billing and records and, and um, you know, basically being a traffic clerk at a trucking company in South Carolina and uh, got trucks in my blood. I just can't can't seem to get them out. So, love this industry. Love being in here. And um, yeah, it's a it's a good field. That's awesome. That's what it was. Billing. I did not know that you have a background in billing and being a clerk in trucking. There, there it is. First, first four <laughs> years of my career, I was a clerk at a trucking company. And now you're managing driver recruiters. I'd love yes. to hear. Like, what is a recruiter to you? What's some of the skill set that you look for when you're hiring a driver recruiter? So recruiters, in my mind, you know, they are are the gatekeeper to your company. Uh, to me, it's kind of that that easy. It's, 
you know, your recruiters are going to hire your image to your customers. They're going to hire your image to the motoring public. Um, when when your safety department gets those phone calls about somebody, it's because your recruiters hired them. You know, we don't we don't have that that button on our applications to say, hey, is this person who they say they are? You know, a lot of times we get to go through those those applications and kind of read uh, what we see there. We see read what we see in the reporting. Um, but we really, we really have to, to understand that, that our recruiters really do open the door to the public as to who we are, um, as a company, you know, they, when I'm looking for a recruiter, I'm really looking for a handful of things. I'm looking for somebody who is a people person. Um, you kind of have to like people to want to hire them and, and have the number of conversations that we have on a daily basis. And, you know, shout out to my buddy. Uh, beach, but I don't know how you make that many phone calls in a day, week. I, I, I just, I don't get it. But you know, it, it's, it takes that much effort on the part of a recruiter to get these hires in here. You've got to pick that phone up. You've got to, you've got to do those things. You've got to have somebody who's, you know, quick on their feet because, um, you know, in, in the book that you guys produce, the, the exactly what to say, you have to know what you're going to say going into that conversation but you don't know what that other half of that conversation is. So you've got to be able to quickly maneuver what your company's service offerings are to that driver. So you've got to be quick. You've got to have somebody who, who legitimately um, doesn't get discouraged easily because most of the time we fail. You know, in baseball, you can fail seven times out of 10 and still end up in the Hall of Fame. You know, in recruiting, if you bat one out of 10, you're doing great. Um, especially in these current markets. So you've got to have somebody that's that's going to stay upbeat, self-motivated. You know, but the, the biggest thing I look for though is integrity. And I know it's it's kind of hard to see that up front in an application because, you know, most recruiters I've met, um, we all interview pretty well. Um, that's why we're in recruiting, it's because we attract people. But we have to be able to understand that there's so much more to recruiting. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if our hires aren't sticking around, that kind of shows there may be something else that's going on. Um, with with the process, with the candidate, with uh, you know how we're reading applications and backgrounds, and you know that whole that whole arena. Yeah, and one thing that came up here recently in in my day to day work is just that coaching and training of recruiters right now. What's what's one tip you can share with the audience of something that every recruiting training program needs to have to bring those recruiters up to speed? Um, one tip. Wow. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is answer your phone. Mm, I yeah. mean, it's, it, there's a lot of, a lot of pain. A lot of times I'll look at my phone ringing and I look at it and um, to nobody in my current fleet, if you're, if you're watching, listening, I don't see your phone number. I'm like, I want to answer this call, but that phone call is our lifeline. You've got to understand that any inbound lead that you get is more important than any outbound dial you're making. You've got to get that, that call while it's coming in. Yep. And being aggressive, like you said, is, is a big part of that too, which is awesome. So somebody like yourself who lives day in, day out of just driver recruiting, what are some of the metrics that to you are most important trends that you want to look at levers you need to pull, you know, to see what's performing, attracting new drivers, um, getting the right people to kind of apply for your recruiters to work? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of the basic metrics that we all measure. I think we could probably all rattle them off in our sleep or see our charts and see our career lines, have nightmares of them. Of course, I see that now and I'm like, my, my number of, of leads for hire, obviously I need to get those closer together. But, you know, you've got your phone calls, you've got your, your time spent on a phone call. 
Um, you know, I, I'm a believer in the rule of tens, you know, 10, 10, 10 leads should get you an application. 10 applications should get you a hire. A 10 minute phone call should drive you to an application. So if that general rule, it's just mathematically something that I've always seen, um, you know, has, has held true for, for here at ACT, but you know, if you if you're not seeing that rule of tens come into play, that's something you may want to take a look at. Figure out where that drop off point. You know, we can't be afraid to listen to phone calls. You know, we we we've got to listen to that feedback. Um, one of the analogies, you know, I, I give to our our drivers is we do have lytics. We've had lytics in our truck for for seven years, and so we're we're real, real big on video coaching and 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 phone call coaching and mentoring. And you know, one of the ways that we get better is by hearing ourselves go through our conversations. We 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 play back and we say, well, I should have said this, or I should have taken that route, or what this candidate was saying was he was really looking for home time, but he was only talking about breakdowns. You know, there there's so many different things in those conversations that we don't hear in the moment, but we can hear when we go backward on. So it's just all about preparation. Um, but really the the big stats that I, I pay more attention to other than just the hard and fast numbers, um, I'm a real big believer in early stage turnover. Um, and And by that, what I mean is I don't like it. I cannot stand it. My least favorite thing that we ever have happen here um, or really any company, um, and I'm going to challenge everybody else listening to this phone call, but if you have those orientation surprises happening, you need to figure out why, because that orientation surprise is that thing that your recruiter missed or we missed or that driver didn't tell us as part of our onboarding process, as part of our um, qualifications background. Um, you know, a great example is I had a, I had a driver five, four or five years ago now uh, show up into orientation and the recruiter didn't realize that an 18 mile an hour over on the speeding ticket on an MVR was going to be a deal breaker because it was only a different point of the, the post part of it. And to me, that's one of those, you, you just have to know better. You have to have those things because when you also have those orientation surprises, not only are you pulling down your team's effort in that moment, because all of a sudden we have all these other things that we have to attend to. Um, it pulls me away from, you know, managing the team. It pulls our safety team away from taking care of safety issues on the road. It takes all these different people to now have to stop and handle this moment that should have never occurred because we as recruiters should have stopped that from making it in. Plus then you have, I mean, the other, other trickle down of that is you now have a person that has probably quit a job has probably taken a week off of work and that's that's real money to them that thought they were going to go work for you that now you have to put back on a bus or get back home somehow with no job with no income um with having to tell their wife or their friends hey guess what just happened over here at this company and that's your reputation so those orientation surprises um that's that's a huge thing that I just, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that because it, it should be caught. But, and then the next piece of this is this early stage turnover. You know, if we're having turnover, if we're having a lot of turnover in that first 30 days, what's causing that? And usually that's that expectations. If we as recruiters have not level set the expectations of that candidate coming in, then we have failed them. If we have set their expectations too high, then we have failed them. If we haven't said, or whatever the case is, I mean, we all have different expectations, uh, regardless of the type of freight that we have or the, or the type of lanes that we're on or, or whatnot. But if those expectations that we sell to them are not what they see when they get here, then we have failed as recruiters. Transparency it, is so important. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Because yeah. again, again, if you're, if, but if they also have that good experience coming through, they're going to tell their friends mm-hmm. and you cannot pay enough money for referrals right now. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that I'd much rather pay referrals than, than ads all day, every day, because that's, that's what they listen to. Yeah. I love the 10 for 10 though. I might have to steal that Josh from you. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how accurate that math is. It's, it's, it's a little bit North of that right now, but I think that's just more of our conditions and I'm sure we'll talk on that more here in a little bit. Yeah, but, absolutely. But over the long run, that 10 for 10 is almost, almost right on. Yeah. I want to go into something that you, you kind of talked about videos and chatting with drivers and things like that. Um, it kind of goes into work life balance and, I know that you guys do an absolute phenomenal job of really bringing work-life balance into your fleet, into your drivers, your CEO, Phil Wilt, he talks about it. Like help us understand like what that means to ACT and how do you promote that within the, in, within your fleet booking freight? Like it, it covers everything you guys do, right? Oh, it, it does. And that's, that's the reason we work, right? We, we work hard to provide our families a life that, that we want to do. And for everybody, that's something different. You know, it may be being okay being out for two weeks at a time or three weeks at a time or, or out all the time. Everybody's got that different balance. Um, Wendy, I know you travel uh, a lot. I know Jeremy does. I know I, I used to travel a lot more early in my career. I've got three kids now, so now it's more difficult. And I don't really want to travel as much as I, I used to because I enjoy spending the, the time that I get with my family. And so for everybody out here, it's, it's all different. So for, for us, we really try to focus work-life balance um, on, in our fleet um, by getting more creative than we've ever been when it comes to our different home time options. We've, we, we operate on a very tight uh, network. We're a very disciplined freight network. We're not where we um, don't chase freight on load boards. We're not, in the spot market business, we are 98% contracted freight all the time. So that tells me that with my network, my hiring area is extremely tight. So what we're able to do is over deliver on all those home time promises. We're able to over deliver on, hey, if I say you're going to get home every two weeks, reality is you'll probably be home once every seven to eight days, if not for your full home time, but you're at least getting through that house because we do run a fairly repeatable network. Um, now, not everybody's like that. Um, so you've got to figure out really what's best for you, your fleet. And like I tell everybody I see in orientation, we're going to figure out what's best for you and your family, because ultimately that's what it comes down to, you know, and in addition to home time, you know, which, which is, is a huge piece of what these, what, what drivers are looking for. You know, we also kind of do two other things as well. Um, the first one is we, we've got a full employee assistance program that offers different things to our drivers, like counseling, free legal services, um, or reduce legal services, depending on what it is. There's financial services. Um, there's just self-betterment things that if you get, if you know, every so often I'll, I'll have, you know, a little gap in my calendar in the afternoon, I'll go log in there and watch a 15 minute video on, on how to better, better time manage, you know, whatever those things are to just help us continually to improve and learn and, and get better. So we offer all of those to our, our drivers, you know, at no cost because we want them to take advantage of that. And, you know, over the past 18 months with just the, the overall conditions that we've seen go up and down from heroes to, we need to have a whole separate infrastructure for truck drivers to, to just, you name it. I mean, to being treated just, you know, my opinion at times inhumanely, you know, we need to do a better job at treating our drivers better. Um, But 
we've also got to have a better resource for for all of us collectively in, in the mental health arena too. You know, mental health is is vital to our nation right now. We we're we're all kind of dealing with with the COVID, um, you know, um, hangover, long term, whatever you want to call it, long term, um, and it's it's really affecting all of us. So just to have those resources available for for our fleet if they need to call in. Um, it's, it's key. And then we also have got a, a corporate chaplain program, which is available to our drivers as well. Um, and our office and our mechanics, anybody here who needs to use it. And that's, that's just available for, to help out with their spiritual needs. You know, we all have, you know, that whole, we all find, find it, fill it differently. Um, but if you have that spiritual need where you just need to call somebody, um, and just, just talk, we have a corporate chaplain program that's available for them as well. So we really do try to cover, you know, as many different, you know, uh, needs that we have as human beings, um, just by being part of the the family here. Yeah, that's awesome to offer that. And the other side of too, from a culture standpoint, you know, just being really driver focused is you're, you're really visible out in the industry, active in awards programs, uh, you participate in interviews here you are today on freight waves, you know, talk to us a little bit about how that's, really helped your company culture being active on some of these platforms. Yeah, well that's 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 honestly one part of part of why we try to do or what our approach is. Um you know, this is a great industry. Transportation is a phenomenal industry. Um and in my opinion it's one of the ones that you get out of it what you put into it. Um you know, I told you earlier that I'm I'm a first generation in my family in the trucking industry. Um I've had a lot of railroad experience. Um I've had railroad opportunities and I just I just couldn't do that. I I love trucks. Um and you know, I've been in this game 15 years. Um I've had lots of positions, started off as a clerk and over my time and and you know, just taking advantage of the opportunities that I was given um uh, because of my merit, I was able to to advance myself. Um, and I believe that that a lot of trucking has that, especially the companies that are really trying to push this industry forward. There's a lot of great companies out there. There's a lot of companies that need to catch up. Um, not going to sugarcoat that. And that's why one of the reasons why we do try to be highly visible, because we know that if we can better who we are here at ACT, then I know all of my competition has to push and has to keep up. And I might not win every battle because I'm not going to be the right fit for every driver out there. And I don't want to be the fit for right dri- every driver out there because then I'm lying to half of them. Um, and I, I'm just not going to do that. But I know collectively with some of the stuff that I've, I've seen a lot of great carriers out there doing, you know, we're, we're making this a better industry for those who follow. And, you know, we, we love the award season. You know, we've been a, a best fleet to drive for for the past four years in a row. I'm really hoping we get number five because I really want to say we're best fleet to drive for five times in a row instead of four, four, because that just drives me crazy. But so, but, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to that. But really, you know, also on a side note, I do want to give Mark and Jane, everybody over there at Carrier's Edge, a shout out. If you guys have not participated in that best fleet to drive for, I strongly encourage that because it just, it just takes that one step. Find out where you are, find out what you can improve. There's everybody's got low hanging fruit. I mean, we've we've been pushing this for four or five years now, and we still have small things that we miss. And so a lot of a lot of these types of things we fall or we find rather going through the award season, as we call it. Um, but Mark and Jane, keep up that great work. You're doing a phenomenal job at pushing us forward. So um, love what they do. Um, you know, so we we really try to to do that. But also more importantly, we look at at the awards that we do uh, win or earn, however you want to. To, to look at that as uh, just validation that everything that we're doing here for our fleet, 
um, it's the right thing. We try to make sure that we're on the right track, really, really pushing um, to better our drivers because they they really need it. I mean, they deserve it. They're they're our nation's backbone, and we want to do everything we can as a company uh, to appreciate them, not just for a week, not just for a day, not just with a hamburger or a hot dog, but every day of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on Best Fleets. And I'm familiar with that process too. So I know what goes into it. One of the areas that is heavy on that survey is just the communication. And when you think about the last 18 months of just what fleets have had to go through the pandemic and communicating to drivers and with drivers, what are what are some different ways? I know you guys stand out in this area too, and you do some some just really creative things to keep in touch with the drivers. I'd love for you to share some of that with the audience today um, of what you do and have done the, the, these past 18 months. Yeah. So these, these past 18 months have, have been a challenge. Um, I put a couple extra inches on my beard. It's gotten a lot more white. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not kidding, but it's, it's, it's been a challenge. We're, we're known you know, for our relationship with our drivers. Um, we're known for being very open door. Um, you know, as I'm recording this, I've got four or five of my drivers just walking by looking to, to come in here and say hi. And that's, that's what I love so much about our fleet. I love, I love knowing my guys on a name basis. I, I tell them, you tell me your number. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You're, to me, you're Shannon. To me, you're, you're, uh, you know, Rob, you're, you're who you are. You, you know, in Rob's case, you're Sophie because that's his awesome bulldog. But, you know, but we, we're, we're known for, for our relationship. Um, you know, we just got done cooking fajitas for our fleet and we love that interaction and COVID really forced us to rethink how we do that because we had a lot of, of local ordinances that caused us to shut our doors. So we really try to figure out different ways to bridge that gap. You know, we, we've utilized WorkHound uh, for a couple of years now, um, an amazing tool of driver feedback. Um, you know, again, Max and the crew over there have put together a, f- a fantastic tool um, to get uh, feedback in real time from your drivers. And so we, we use that a lot. Um, but when it came to that, that actual communication, it still wasn't as good as face-to-face. Um, so what we were able to do is to come up using the WorkCount product and, and still our engagement with our drivers. We developed a monthly uh, Zoom call that we do where um, I kind of jokingly say, but I'm for real, and I say, I don't know if it's brave, stupid, or both. But we, we once one evening a month, uh, we open up a Zoom call to our entire fleet, um, and we we craft our agenda based on what we've seen in WorkCount, based on conversations that we've had with our drivers. Um, you know, I, I host it. I've got um, our company president, Phil Wilt, and, and our VP of operations, Brian. The three of us really drive the conversation on there. And we take questions um, in a, a unprotected Zoom environment where anybody can ask anything at, uh, of anybody in our senior management team. So, we have done that. And once we're done with that, we'll record it and we'll post it up later for people who couldn't watch it in real time. Yeah, that's as awesome. A, as a means of, of just keeping that open open communication going. Yeah, for sure. Well, that is one of my, the favorite things that I know you and I have had lots of conversations about is is the Zoom and kind of what you've put together with, with that piece and communication. Um, well, I just want to say thank you so much, Josh, for joining me today. Uh, I know you and I could sit here and talk for another 40 minutes and have lots more to share, Um, but we were told we only had 20 minutes today. So I appreciate your passion for the industry. I look forward to seeing you soon because I'm sure our paths are going to cross here this fall yet. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember, you can submit questions and comments, including those that appear in the Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. 
And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road at what, on whatever platform you're listening to. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. Mm-hmm.